Thanks for joining us. We love getting to share the message of God's grace with the entire world. If his message has impacted your life, would you share your testimony with us by emailing it to stories at graceorlando.com. We love to hear what God is up to. You can also give in support of this ministry by going to our website and clicking on the give button at graceorlando.com. Thanks again. Anyway, glad you guys are all here. Welcome. Uh, I love our church, by the way. I love that you don't have to have it all perfect here. Don't you love that? Good, because that's the way it's going to probably keep going anyway. Um, Anyway, glad you guys are here. And uh, part of this uh, little series called Not a Doormat. Okay, so we're talking about how you are not a doormat. Uh, I won't have you raise your hand, but I bet you everybody here at one point in time has had that thought of just kind of, man, can anything else drive over me this week, you know? Uh, I feel like my life is some kind of doormat. Well, I want to give you some great encouragement, okay? Uh, You can repent of that, okay? Now, if you don't know what that word repent means, okay, you might think I just told you to feel real bad, all right? But we talked about this last week. Repentance in the Greek has nothing to do with feeling bad, has everything to do with changing your mind after an experience, after being with God, okay? I talked about this last week, right? Tiramisu. How many of y'all went and got tiramisu after church? I know some of y'all did because you sent me pictures. Thank you. It's like, man, why didn't I get tiramisu? But the pictures look great. Anyway, it was delicious. You tasted and you saw that it was good, okay? And so that's what God says. He goes, hey, after being with me, you're going to change your mind. You're going to repent. You know, he's not insecure at all. You know, God is not insecure. I love that. He absolutely knows, as you were just hearing from Eric, that love, right? Love is the absolute. It's the answer. And it's what he's given us. And so metanoia, we can, we can change our minds and we can see Instead of our ways and our, our thoughts, which are much lower and fail all the time, we can see things his way. And it's an incredible gift he's given us. So on the cross, we talked about this last week as well. We talked about how uh, Jesus came to fulfill the law. He came to bring the race of Adam to its natural conclusion, right, which was destruction. Like Adam ruined it. It was going into the, into the end anyway. And so, so Jesus gets up on the cross, takes all sin upon himself, and brings Adam to an end. So I love the moment that you believe. The moment that you believe something happened to you that you didn't even realize, and that was you were joined to his death so that you could be joined to his life as well. And we're going to look at that more today. And I, I, I love this because I think that one of the biggest things that believers have got to repent of, the biggest thing that we've got to change our minds about, is whose life it is we're living right now. Okay, Even in built into the idea of being a doormat is to say that this is my life. <laughs> Someone's taking advantage of me, right? But here's the problem. We've died. As believers, you've died. Look, it's the greatest news if you are a believer. You're never going to, the moment you draw your last breath, you are instantaneously with the Father. Like, that's what the Bible says. There's no middle ground. There's no stairway to heaven. There's no tunnel. It's just the moment you stop, you're just standing with him. Like, that's an incredible reality. And so we've got to change our minds that we've died so that we can stop seeing ourselves as doormats. Look at Galatians 2, 19 through 20. For through the law, I died to the law so that I might live to God. If there's any confusion, you are not under the law because you died to it. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. Listen to those last few words. Who loved me and gave himself up for me. No wonder it's based off of his faith. It's based off of what he saw. It's based off of what he thinks. 
because he loved you and gave himself up for you when you had nothing to offer him and still really don't, right? Grace is this thing. It's constantly God giving. I love that Eric touched on this morning. It is God giving lavishly to you over and over and forever because he loves it. So this morning, I want to look at these three things as we talk about what are you wearing, okay? Obviously, I'm not focused on what you're wearing this morning as much as I am. What are you wearing in the, in, in the space of your mind, okay? What are you wearing? Because there's three different things that have happened to you. On the one hand, you, you took something off. I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but you took something off the moment you believed. Then you were given a brand new way of seeing things. And then thirdly, you put something on, and you are now wearing something that's fantastic. And we're going to get into all that in just a few moments. But the way to see this, the way to see what you are wearing, there's only really one way, and that is humility. This powerhouse called humility. If, if you don't understand the gift that humility is, I hope that after today you see it. Because when we talk about Jesus, this is the person who exemplifies humility to a point. I did a podcast one time with Josh over there. We talked about how Jesus is the most secure person ever, right? And this is what you're going to see is that humility gives you a security that is not found on earth. So let's talk about humility this morning. In Matthew 16, I love this moment. Now, I like to try to recapture these moments that Jesus and his disciples were in. I try to think of them if they were happening right now, okay? So I, so I imagine the cafe out there, you know? They're sitting around. They, they've been on the road. They, they, they've come inside. They're enjoying some, some fresh coffee from our amazing hospitality team, you know? And uh, yeah, okay, you guys deserve it. You're serving coffee. I love you. Um, and so, you know, they come in. They're getting the coffee. They're getting all this stuff, and I picture Jesus is kind of just staring out the window, you know, he's just looking at the people. And he says to the disciples that are sitting around him, he goes, who do the people say that I am? You know, I, I think he's just really curious. I mean, he's just kind of wondering. And so some of the disciples that were paying attention kind of, kind of reached over. What, what's he saying? They kind of leaned in. Oh, someone says, Jeremiah, you know, maybe a prophet. He's come back. Elijah, one of those guys. Somebody else chimes in and says, John the Baptist. And Peter's kind of quiet, you know, and so Jesus sits there and he looks over at Peter and he goes, well, what about you? Who do you, who do you say I am? And Peter, he looks at him, kind of, you can see like the hairs on his arms are kind of standing up a little bit, and he says, you, you are the son of God. You are the Christ. And Jesus looks at him and says, Peter, you'd be crazy to say that except that my father told you that. <laughs> who in the world in this room would look at a person? And just say, oh, I know exactly who you are. And speaking to the eternal realities, except that God whispered into Peter's ear the truth. And Peter had this incredible moment where he got to see things differently. But then, I mean, he builds on this. Jesus builds on this whole idea, by the way. We get lost in the idea of Peter being the rock. You know, the Catholic Church builds a whole lot of stuff on this. Now, the idea here is Peter's name was Rock. And I love this. Because Jesus looks at him and he says, Peter, this thing that just happened to you where you heard from God and you believed, that is a rock that you can stand on, right? Jesus talked about this in other places. He's talked about the, 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 the builder who built his house upon the rock, for example, or the very fact that he is the chief cornerstone. Like he's really big into foundations if you, can't, if you haven't seen that. And the thing about the foundation of God is it simply is based off of him. It's all him and you listening and you just tuning in to what he's saying. Like, this is faith. And so Peter sees it. And so Jesus, I can see the excitement just well up within him. And he says, Peter, you have no idea what this means. It means that everything that you're seeing out there, 
I have power over. See, what they didn't maybe gather at this time was Jesus says that you can bind things on earth and they're bound in heaven. He goes, you can loose things and they're loosened in heaven. In other words, you have power. And Jesus is saying, I have power over all of this. And I'm choosing humility instead. I'm choosing to walk with what my dad is saying and not what, what I would feel if I was here on this earth. So sure enough, you know what happens. Peter comes to him and goes, whoa, what are you talking about? Because Jesus begins to get into stuff like suffering. I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to have to die. So look at what Peter says. Peter pulls him aside. And I love this. Who's going to correct Jesus? Peter is. Uh, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Far be it from you, Lord. This shall never happen to you. <laughs> now, you, okay. I don't know if you've ever had an embarrassing moment, but when you just got told, like, dude, A plus, you nailed it. You get to, you're the rock. Here's the keys to the kingdom. And then the next minute, Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> Ouch. You know? Look at what Jesus says. You're a stumbling block to me. For you do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. There's the key. There's the whole thing where Peter lost it and where many of us lose it throughout the week, if we're being honest, right? We, we, we forget. We need to remember who we are. We need to be reminded of what we're wearing. And so he, Jesus was full wearing, man. He was, he was clothed, and he's looking at Peter going, no, the words that you're saying, you don't hear. These are earthly words. How many of us are this way, though, right? How many of us would walk through something and, and God say, I'm there with you, and you go, no, God, you're supposed to save me from this. And God goes, no, I'm going to walk with you through it. We're going to get through this. Right? We don't like that idea in America. And here's, here's Peter just being just like us. So look at what Jesus says. Look, here's the key, Peter. If anybody wants to come after me, he must deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Whoever wants to save his life is going to lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake We'll find it. Now, be careful, because you could do something just like Peter, right? We could do this whole moment and miss the spiritual reality of what Jesus is saying and focus in on something that actually can become asceticism, okay? Or this idea that we need to daily take up our cross and we have to go die again. We've got to die every single day, right? This is a teaching that's out there based on some scripture, and here's the problem with that is that's not what Jesus is saying. He's not putting us into some kind of asceticism or a denial of yourself to grow in God, this weird thing. No, it's not enough to push yourself down, okay? You had to die. You had to fully go in the ground. There's no shoving the old guy down. He's dead. That's what happened to him. So Jesus is saying, no, it's not that you got to pick up a cross and try to be like me, because that's impossible. No, you've got to come join me on my journey, on what I'm doing, and you've got to come be on a cross with me. You've got to fully die so you stop seeing your life this way, and you see the life that I've given you. Look at what he says in John 6, 63. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. So no, don't take up a cross and try to improve the flesh. No, no, the, the words that I've spoken to you are spirit and are life. This is life. This is what you and I live on, is this. It's seeing things a way that the world can't. It's seeing things through spiritual eyes. That last week we talked about the Beatitudes, the blessed are, you know, all that. How many people put those up on their wall and it's like, I'm, I'm going to ascribe to be this. You know, someday I hope to, to be a peacemaker. And that's wonderful, except that you already are a peacemaker, <laughs> This is what Jesus was saying. Listen, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Who's he talking about? Him. 
He, he's the most poor person on the planet. He doesn't have a dollar to his name. He, he, no one even cares about him. They kill him. Okay? He couldn't be lower on the planet. And he inherited the kingdom of heaven, didn't he? Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. I love this from last week, too. God actually promised that his spirit would go and comfort the people that had just crucified his son. Would you do that? God did, because he loves you that much. Even the ones that were laughing at him and pointing at him on the cross, Scripture says that the Lord was going to send his spirit to comfort those because they were going to realize in their mourning that they were wrong. God knew ahead of time how we'd feel. Blessed are the gentle, they shall inherit the earth. Well, Jesus is the, is the lamb with the name above all names, and he definitely inherited more than just the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Are you the kind of person that says, oh, to be right with God? Well, guess what? He made you the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, you can't even be more full because you became the whole meal. <laughs> you became the whole thing. Blessed are those who are merciful. They shall receive mercy. Here's Jesus on a cross saying, you know what? I'm going I'm to go ahead and act out what I said. Father, forgive them. Forgive these people that are killing me. Blessed are the merciful. They receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart. They see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Jesus, the firstborn of many. I love it. So Jesus is showing this, this reality to all of us, right? But at this time, they could only see things from where they were. But you and I as believers have done something. We've taken something off, we've changed our minds, and we've put something on, and we can see everything different. Look at what Paul says in Philippians 2. Do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. Don't just look out for your own personal interests, but also the interests of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that's above every name. So that in the name of Jesus, every name, every knee, excuse me, will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Listen, you know what I take from all that? There's a lot of things you can take from that. There's an incredible takeaway. And that is, is that Jesus even though he was God himself, saw humility as a very, very powerful tool to help us. He steps out of heaven to demonstrate something, that even though he became so small, he showed us that God still cared. He showed us that no matter how small and insignificant our lives may seem, he emptied all of it. He gave it all up to become the dust of the earth. And he showed us that God even cares about the dust of the earth. He's so much more loving than we can possibly imagine. He humbled himself just so we could see what the Father was really like. And he was blessed. He was so blessed. Now look, once, once we see this, once you and I see this, can I tell you something? It changes everything about the world around you. It changes everything about what you're seeing. 
Listen, I don't know what the anthem of your life is. I don't know what you want everyone to remember you by, okay? But I can tell you right now that your knowledge of politics is worthless, okay? I, I mean that from the depth of my soul, okay? Like my, your knowledge of politics is worthless, but your knowledge of the love of God is priceless, priceless. I'm not saying you don't engage in talks and discussions in life, but remember what you're holding on to is priceless. It has an infinite value. What are you painting out there? Paint from this source and watch as everything changes. Look, this word humility, it comes from this word, tapanafrasune. Try to say that 10 times fast. Tapping off Rastune, tapping off Rastune. It actually isn't very hard. You just have to get it down, okay? Tapping off Rastune. Anyway, it means this. It's this word humility. And look at what it means. It means living dependent on God with a view of who we are in him. Is that walking around just with some kind of false sense of humility and like, I know, less of me, more of God? And No. No, it's the opposite of that. It's stepping into your room and going, not less of me, more of God. It's all God. It's all him, <laughs> I died. What you're seeing is the grace of God. Look, I, I'm, I'm showing you who I am in him. This is what you get to show off. This is humility. It's looking at somebody else as far more important than you because you look at everybody that way. We're all parts of a body. It's seeing the whole world in a way that frees you from anxieties and stresses and fears and all of that just by saying, you know how small I am? Whoa, wait a minute. I can let go of all this stuff and just let God be strong in me. As a believer, this changes everything. It's an inner revelation. Look at what Peter says. He goes, young guys, look, be subject to your elders. Do the opposite of what you want to do when you're young. <laughs> All of you, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another, for God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time, casting all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Oh my goodness, humility causes you to give your anxiety away. It's pride that causes you to hold on to it. No, these are my fears. <laughs> Why don't you let go of them? Go, man, I'm too small for this. I'm way too small. Lord, your life in me. Let's go with that. So here's what you took off. We're going to do this real quick. Look at what you took off. Look at what you put on. Look at what you're wearing, okay? So repentance, remember, change your mind. Change what you see. Set your mind the way he sees things, okay? So what did we take off? We took off the mind of Adam. <laughs> we took off the, the mind that was renewed to Adam. His nature, that thing that was inclined to sin like crazy, we took all that off. He died, in fact. Thank God we crucified him to the cross, okay? And I don't know about you, but I, I wasn't too sad to see him go, okay? I was like, bye-bye. I got this whole new life now in him. So we took that off. What did we put on? Well, we put on the mind that's being renewed to Christ, we put on his nature. We put on humility. In fact, what are you clothed in? You're clothed in humility. Like this is where we get to walk around in, where Jesus is on a cross and he goes, you know, I could just jump up off this cross, but I'm going to be humble. <laughs> I'm going to stay here to see what my father's up to. So what are you wearing? What are you setting your mind on? All right, real quick. What did I take off? Ephesians 4, 22. In reference to your former manner of life, you lay aside the old self, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lust of deceit, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Okay, so you took off the old. You were given a brand new mind. You can see things now that you could not see before. 
Sin used to be something you never even saw it. It was no big deal. Now you can see it. Not to feel bad about it, but you just now have a, a way to see. You can now see things. You took something off. You were given a new mind. And you put on righteousness, holiness, and truth. This is what you and I wear every single day. So what did I take off? I took off the old self. What did I, what did I renew my mind to? Colossians 3 tells us. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ. Hold on. We didn't just die. No, you were raised up with Christ as well. I know you can't see it yet. I know it's outside of time, but you're seated with him. Look at this. You've been raised up with Christ. Keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. That's where we're seated. Look at this. Set your mind on the things above, not the things on earth. What's the news tell you? Don't set your mind on the things of heaven. Set your mind on the things of earth. Man, turn some stuff off and turn this on. Don't think about the things of the earth. Look, you've died. Your life is hidden with Christ in God. So what did I put on? Verse 10. Put on the new self who's being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him and a renewal where there is no distinction. Look at all the problems this solves. There's no Greek or Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, or free man, but Christ is all and in all. So as those who have been chosen by God, holy and beloved, here you go. Put on a heart of compassion, of kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart, to which indeed you were called in one body. Whew. Wow, this is an entirely different way of living. It's an entirely different way of living. Where you, where you have a mindset that's above and you see everything else. It's not that things don't matter. It's not that we don't get involved or, you know, play a part in our society. It's that you don't bear the stress and the strain and the anxiety and the pressures and all that stuff because at the end of the day, you go, Lord, it's not my life. I'm just stepping in these shoes to watch what you're going to do. And it takes all the stress out. Look at Galatians 5. I'm going to give you a few more verses. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with all of its passions and desires. You know you don't have the same passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. The only reason why we, we think we have other passions and desires is because we have our mindset in a place where it shouldn't be. Right? You've allowed that to happen, and all of a sudden you're going, well, Javen, I still kind of desire a bunch of stuff that I probably shouldn't. Well, change your mind. You need to repent. See yourself the way you really are. Have some humility. Right? Be dependent solely on God. Wake up tomorrow solely dependent on God. Lord, if I get to work safely, I'm going to stop my car and say, thank you, Lord. What if you thank them for all that stuff that you just always forget about? You know, Lord, I got AC today. I have air conditioning in Florida. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> thank you, Lord. Everything, Christ in all, you're in everything for me. See, we read, these, we read a lot of these verses a lot of times where it says to go put on a heart of compassion and go love others and stuff. And some of us in this room go, oh. <laughs> sounds like a lot of work. It's not. It's actually the spirit at work in you. And here's the fun part. It's actually for your sake. It's not just to give away. No, God knows what's healthy for you. He knows what you will enjoy. Why? Because Philippians 3 says that our citizenship is in heaven. 
from which also we eagerly wait a savior. Wait, where are we waiting for a savior? In these seats? We waiting for him to come out of the clouds? Nope. According to this, we are waiting from heaven. You are seated with him, awaiting the time, he says. He continues to go. When, when basically all of this wears away and all that is seen are children of God. Beautiful, bright, glorious beings who minister out of a new covenant, not the old. I'm going to wrap this up by uh, reading some Romans 8. If you want to turn there, you can, you can, you can, we're going to read a little bit. Just six verses. Romans 8, Paul captures something. <laughs> I mean, so beautifully. After Romans 7, right, he's talking about how so many of us feel. We, we, we have this new ability where you can feel kind of like a doormat because, well, I can now see things in a way that I couldn't before. You, you can see sin in your life. You can see these things that are at work that are causing stresses and problems and things, and yet that's not where we live. We live in this spirit. So Paul talks about this wrestling that he sees through looking at things through the law. And then he gets to Romans chapter 8, and he says this. He goes, therefore, there is no, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Look, I, I don't know if what that means to you personally. I don't know if that's more of like, oh, yeah, thanks to the law, and you see it more as law and grace and all that. I hear this in a much more broader sense, right? There is now no condemnation. You need to hear that. That word means doomed to destruction, <laughs> This, you will never be doomed to destruction. I don't care what your week looked like last week. You will not be doomed to destruction because you are in Christ Jesus. It's his life in you. He's not left you. He's not leaving you out to dry. He's with you. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus set us free from the law of sin and death. That law told you that depending on what you did depends on what God's going to do. Oh, we don't live there anymore. You're set free of that. No, instead, for what the law could not do, weak as it was to the flesh, God did it, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for, for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. He doomed it to destruction so that the requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who don't walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. You know, in Galatians 5, he, he says that the flesh and the Spirit are always opposites, every single time. So why is it we take so much advice from the world? <laughs> well, you deserve that. You were owed that. What, none of that stuff means anything. I have his life in me. I'm not a doormat. Are you kidding me? If you'd like to walk on me, you can. You know, I had a moment where that happened. I had a moment when I first got saved. I saw all of this stuff for the very first time. I remember telling my drummer, you know, I wanted him to see Jesus. And I went up to him and I said, hey, I said, uh, I can't sing these songs anymore that we've been singing. I was the singer and all that. It's really a bad day when the lead singer is like, I'm quitting, you know. It's even worse when it's like for religious reasons. He's like, wait a minute, you know, I don't, I don't understand this at all. We were about to go on tour, all this stuff. Anyway, so 
I just told him, I said, I, I cannot sing these songs anymore. I said, I am filled with life. I'm filled with love. I'm the complete opposite of the depressing, dark stuff I was singing before. I said, I can't do that anymore. The song of my heart has changed. And I don't say this to judge him wherever he may be in the world. It's just, this is how he reacted. He drew back and he socked me good just right in the chest. This was my best friend, you know, somebody I love. And I was heartbroken. But in that moment, you know what the words that came out of my mouth were? I said, John, if you want, I'll lay down on this ground and you can just kick me until you feel better. Those words just came out of my mouth. Can I tell you, that was the Lord. That was just love that came out of my heart. Where in other words, John, I hate that you're hurting even though you're hurting me. <laughs> like, I don't know why that happened in that way. That was God. It was just a moment, you know, and I got to run into him years later and we patched things up and he felt horrible about what happened. God worked on him. <laughs> I don't know what you're going through. I don't know who's punching you today. I don't know what life is you feel like just socking you. But listen, you are not a doormat, and the answer is not to return the favor the way that the world did it. No, the answer is to actually humble yourself and remember, wait a minute, I'm not a doormat. I'm wearing, look at what I'm wearing. <laughs> I'm clothed in humility. I'm clothed in the Lord. It means I'm blessed everywhere I go. It means even when things don't work out, it's because God's got something better for me, and I can actually believe that. It's not a platitude. It's a, it's a reality. So whatever it is you're going through, be encouraged this morning. He's with you. He's not left you. He's clothed you in humility so that you can be solely dependent upon him and see yourself as you really are. Amen? Amen. Would you guys stand with me this morning? Father, we love you so much. Thank you for clothing us. Thank you for us not being naked, Lord. You, you gave us righteousness. Lord, would you help us see ourselves the way that we really are? Lord, for those of us that the current political climate just drives us to our edge, <laughs> Lord, would you bring humility? Would you bring that peace that comes from trusting you with our leaders? God, for those that have lost jobs and are facing fear, Lord, would you give them humility? Would you give that fruit of gentleness, this, this living in a place where we're solely dependent upon you? Would you give encouragement? Lord, for those of us in the room that are battling health issues, that are in pain. God, I pray first off that you would heal every single sickness in this room in Jesus' name. Lord, we humbly receive your life. I pray against every bit of cancer in Jesus' name and I command you to be gone. Whatever is bound on earth is bound in heaven and we bind you up right now in Jesus' name. Or whatever the issues are, I pray that we would be solely dependent upon you and see ourselves as your beloved children so we stay at rest. We love you.